1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. My name is Sam Bonello, and here in Michigan where I'm residing, I'm what's called a Bible worker. Um, I've only been in the, the, the faith for about two years, but to my knowledge, it's a relatively new term. It's a relatively new profession. Um, if I'm wrong, I've only been here two years once again. But something that I've found in uh, my door-to-door ministry that's taken place over the last two years is that the sort of people that I meet can be categorized into two main groups. There's those that have no affiliation with God, they have no relationship to Him, no association. And these people will, will suggest a, one main reason for that disassociation with God. And often they say that it's a lack of evidence. And that's why they don't believe, that's why they don't have a, a faith relationship with, with a God of any sort. Now, what strikes me as interesting is often these people are they're not uneducated, they're not um, disabled in any way, they're, especially in this part of the world here in Sterling Heights, they're, they're very educated, um, sophisticated people. And when someone like a, a scientist or a, a teacher, a history teacher, tells me that there's not enough evidence for them to, to place their faith in a God, I have to question because they're in the business of extra- extrapolating and, and dealing with information pertaining to many different topics. And there's these people that, that might also say, well, you know, I don't like to talk about religion, I don't like to talk about politics because they're personal things. And, and sometimes I have the courage to ask them, I say, well, one of them, the politics affects your life now, the other, the religious aspect, that affects your life in the hereafter. Um, but you don't seem to have answers and you, you don't want to research or you don't want to talk about these things. Um, doesn't that concern you at all? And these people that, that say there's not enough evidence and I don't like to talk about these things, um, they bring to my mind a quote from a Christian man um, many years ago. He said these words while he was imprisoned for the, the personal faith that he had. Now, he said that, he said in relationship to Christianity, that was his personal faith, he said that oftentimes it's not that Christianity was tried and found wanting, it was that it was perceived to be too difficult for people and left untried. I believe personally that that's more the truth 
with these people that, that have the skills, they're in the profession of getting information on various topics and making a decision. Now, these people I've noticed when I approach their houses, I can see the sorts of cars they have. I can look through the door before I press the bell and I can see the size of their television screen and I can see the things that they're, they're attiring themselves with when they enter the door. Um, I can see a garage full of toys that the children use to entertain themselves um, or that the parents use to entertain themselves, different sports and hobbies and, and different things that, that adults take into their lives to what I believe is distract themselves from the realities that they're going to die and they need something past this life if they're going to be as great as they personally think they are at that point. Now, there's a, a cacophony of sound, there's a kaleidoscope of colours, they surround themselves with everything that glitters and shines to take their mind off of the realities and, and give them some temporal satisfaction, some temporal distraction from the realities that they will indeed have to face. And it's that reality, that, that, that gloom of death that hangs over one's mind when they think into the future if they take the time to do that. That's what initially um, began to, to lead into my... As I look back at the hand of providence, I can see that there was one time I was traveling and I, I prayed a prayer because I was scared about death and being all alone when my parents and my uncle, who's very close to me, when they passed away, I didn't know what was going to happen. How could I face such a big world on my own? It was that reality when I was alone in a setting. I was actually in a cemetery in Stockholm, Sweden. When I listened to the voice of God, I recognize that now as the voice of God, but then I just thought, this, I'm just thinking for my own accord, but I believe that, that the angels were there impressing me. Um, that they led me to that place in Stockholm. Not many tourists go to a cemetery, um, but I'd heard it was very beautiful. So I was just recounting this morning because I received an email from some people that prayed over me, which was a strange thing for a non-believer like myself. They prayed over me in one of the most public places in Helsinki, uh, Finland. Um, I'd met them. I, was, I saw two girls and I thought they were cleaning out their combi van and I thought, well, maybe they can give me a ride to the next town. Um, when I approached them to ask, they said, well, no, we're not going anywhere, but if you're hungry, you can eat lunch with us. And I entered into what was a, a church, and upstairs they were sleeping on the floor. They're a team of ministry students. They call themselves the Jesus Revolution. I just looked up their website today. They're all across Europe. Shortly after I prayed in the cemetery because I was scared of death, I meet these people that pray over me, which is very uncommon to let me, to let, for me to allow myself... Um, to be in that situation, in that uh, uncomfortable position in a very public place in Helsinki. And then from then on, the events, I, I met different people from different faiths that made me think, that made me question. Uh, some people put some books into my hands. Um, I was traveling alone and I had lots of time on trains when I was camping in the, the wilderness in a tent um, for, for God to come near to me and say, what's going to happen when you die? You're having lots of fun now, but, but what then? It's when we have the, the glitter and, and shine of this world pulled away from our lives, either it be a tragedy or just some personal time traveling, and I, I fell into that situation where God could speak to me, that we begin to realize that things aren't that bright if we don't have some hope for the future. So I said that when I meet people at the doors, there's two groups that they can be polarized into. This is one of them. 
and the other is the people that have grown up in the vicinity of a religion the vicinity their parents had it or their, their relatives had it or a friend has a faith of some sort that has influenced them to some degree and they now practice methodically traditionally um, they, they have a schedule a religious schedule a religious way of life attached to their normal life that contains many of the same things that those that reject it completely have now one one group is more troubling than the other because the ones that I meet that do have this this faith of sorts and they claim that the Bible is the the origin of this faith of sorts for them they often uh, seem to be missing the point um, from my study in the past two years of this and listening to people speak from this book that has done so much for me I hear that that Christ has given us a job to do a command or several commands um, in relation to those that are polarized at the other end of the, the spectrum where there's no faith at all so you have these two people that I meet at the doors often and I get a, a real insight into their life through the short conversations